Hi, this is Liza Casabona, Managing Editor of Retail Dive. What you read on our site is only part of the story. Our reporters and editors are constantly researching, reading, and talking about the retail industry. And we, like most of you, are currently consumed by the seismic changes retailers face. We are also, like many of you, working through disruptions to our usual way of doing business. The Retail Dive team is working from home in multiple states to bring you our analysis of the forces reshaping retail. Here's what we can't stop discussing and debating. Here's where we talk about the news outside of our reporting. Welcome to the back room. Hey everyone, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Back Room. I'm Ben Unglesby, reporter with Retail Dive. And I'm Daphne Howland, reporter with Retail Dive. Today we are talking about masks and mask requirements in retail stores. Over the past couple of weeks, we've seen a couple of very large, some of the largest in the world, retailers instituting their own policies around mask wearing in lieu of federal guidance, which the industry is, has asked for repeatedly. Daphne, you've kind of been following these developments, so I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you. How did some of these policies come about and how did this unfold? Well, I would say at this point, retailers are in the position as being almost the only leaders on this issue. When the retail groups came out and asked for governors to all declare masks um, when you're out in public and certainly in stores required, it was really a sign of how much of a patchwork the guidance has been for consumers and for retailers. It really helps a retailer a lot if they can put on their sign, the governor is requiring masks in stores. And it's just sort of a good backup, you know? It's sort of the mom said so of COVID behavior. And in a lot of areas, people aren't getting that. It puts retail workers at risk. It puts customers at risk. It discourages customers who are feeling wary about shopping indoors when there's noticeable numbers of people not wearing masks. I think it um, not only puts people in danger, it also just makes many shoppers nervous so they won't go to stores. And retailers don't want any of that. So in the absence of clear guidance across the country, I think a few retailers decided we're going to take it upon ourselves to make this a stated, clear policy for our, all of our stores nationwide, not just the ones in those areas where they're required. It was a maybe a handful or barely a handful, and, but when Walmart did it, the day Walmart did it, it's like all the rest of the major chains sort of fell like dominoes. And, and now it's I think it's difficult to find a retailer without a strong mask policy for their stores chain-wide. Do you recall the order? Uh, in sort of who was first, who was second? I remember the day when Walmart announced, Best Buy and Walmart both had put out their announcement at about the same time. And I checked in with a couple of other obvious chains like Target. That day, Target didn't have anything to announce, but they certainly had one the next day, first thing in the morning. So it seemed pretty clear that once Walmart did it, it was almost no excuse not to. It's not the same in practice, I have to say. Retailers might have this policy and they might even pretty firmly try to enforce it. And the 
the key time is, you know, to prevent anyone from getting into the store without a mask. But once people are in the store, I think it gets a little bit dicier for workers to really confront people and enforce it. So I don't think it's always well followed. Have you noticed as you go out, I don't know how often you're in stores these days, but have you noticed what kind of compliance there is around mask wearing? So I, I haven't been to many stores since all this started, uh, except for the grocery store. And when, when I go to the grocery store, I I can't recall seeing a single person without a mask on. I see people fiddling with their masks. I My mask almost fell off once. <laughs> that was back when masks were still scarce. And I'm in Maryland, and we have had a requirement for months. I would say since early April, but check my facts. So back in the days when we were, we had like makeshift masks. I remember my wife had rigged one up with rubber bands and an old sheet from our baby's crib from when she was a baby. And just before I was about to step into line with my groceries. So like at the most crucial moment, <laughs> the rubber band popped off. And I never fully understood like how the mask was rigged up, so I was trying, I was fiddling with it in line, trying to get it back onto my, you know, I was holding it, and I had to, you know, go up to the, I had to go up to the line and unload my cart, so I needed my hands, but for the moment I was very flustered and trying to trying to get the rubber band back around my ear, but I did just in the nick of time, but I, you know, and and I've been to some stores recently. Everywhere I go, I've seen people with masks on in in stores. I don't. I think maybe people here are just so used to it since we've had the mask requirement. And I remember the day that the governor announced the mask requirement, and I was just relieved. Like I was relieved for myself. Like I didn't have to make a decision. There was a very short window of time in between where we were they were giving science on masks another look because at first the guidance from public health officials was there's no need for masks they wanted to save masks for uh you know healthcare workers and, and there was a shortage and i felt you know it was still kind of an awkward there's some social awkwardness in my mind to just to putting on a mask you know the last time i was out without a mask I realized I was slightly in the minority, but it all of a sudden felt like antisocial not to be wearing a mask. Yeah, I think in a lot of areas it's turned that corner where the expectation is different. I remember early on, I'm based out of Portland, Maine, and we've had a, a mask requirement for a while. Um, in fact, the governor is partly enforcing it by requiring retailers to enforce it and finding those that don't. I remember early on when I showed up at the grocery store with a mask, the checkout clerk was sort of like, oh, you're one of those people with your mask. But since then, it actually seems like grocery stores have been among the best at just having clear signage throughout the store. And for one of my stories about basically how to run a, a store during this pandemic, a couple of the people I talked to said, you know, it really takes some clear communication. It's not just that worker at the door telling people without masks that they have to put one on or offering them a, a mask. It's having signage, repeating it throughout the store. And one guy said, have it in your brand language. 
I don't know if you ever go to Trader Joe's, but they're excellent at that. They have their chalk signs and we're all in this together and hearts and flowers with masks on. I was really surprised to go to Target the other day before the big sort of influx of retailers that decided to require masks on their own. No signage and quite a few people without masks, enough to make you nervous. I happened to go a couple weeks later post Target's new policy, and there was definitely a sign. But unlike Trader Joe's or even the local grocery store that sort of has this on-brand kind of communication, there was just a very plain black sign that said, emergency order requires masks in store. It wasn't Target talking to you. It was sort of like, it seemed to really kind of miss the boat. So I don't know. I'll go back and see if they're working on that or something. Have you seen Have you seen any of the videos of like the poor store workers who have had to deal with people? Like there was one, I think it was a Walmart, of someone pushing past the employee trying to keep him out without putting a mask on first. I think that one made the rounds on the internet, but I think there's several others. And those might be a minority. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're a minority of encounters, a very small minority of encounters, but I would imagine that beyond those that get recorded and, and get to that level of intenseness, there there are probably uncomfortable encounters that store employees have every day around mask requirements and other social distancing requirements. I get the, yeah, I get the sense those are definitely, those sort of freedom riders are in the minority. They're just very vocal right. and they, I think they make probably make everybody nervous, the customers and the workers. And it's just such an unfair position to put a, a retail worker in. Well, and, and you've also had a couple. And again, I mean, it, these are very scarce incidents, but they get reported by incidents of, of violence. Right. And if you're a retail worker, that's got to loom in your, your mind when you're being asked to, to enforce these these policies. I, I it's just, it, it, all of this sort of high-level public health policy, retailers are sort of writing it in lieu of federal guidance on, ma you know, on mask wearing. And then it gets filtered. The enforcers, it, it comes down to the retail workers. So they're, they're being asked to execute on policy. And, and, and we've talked about this before, but I, I, there's just so much being asked of retail employees right now. Yeah, I mean, and that's where it's, really a breakdown and it sort of goes back to that original problem of the patchwork of guidance from governments. There's no leadership at the federal level. Well, we, we've got, you know, one high profile public health official in Dr. Fauci trying to get through some of the mixed messages and rhetoric, but it's tough. I'm not even sure it's really possible for a retailer to explain in their signage or even by their workers encountering maskless patrons that there's a public health reason for wearing a mask. I mean, I think they can sort of go there. I know with Trader Joe's, you'll see things like, we're in it together. Thank you for wearing a mask. But explaining the science, which turns out is real. I mean, everyone I talk to has said everyone wearing a mask, not just 
me wearing a mask, but me and the people around me wearing a mask, plus the distancing, plus keeping everything clean, hands and surfaces, can really go far in getting to us to a place where we conquer the epidemic and the virus, but you can't argue science with your customers. It's just not, it's retailers aren't public health officials. They're not doctors. They really shouldn't and can't go there. And yet if everyone doesn't sort of agree to take these simple and pretty much inexpensive steps to override the disease outbreak, we could be looking at more and more shutdowns, which just sort of undoes the staying at home and locking down that we did and that was such a pain to begin with. There are already stores in some areas that have reclosed their stores after reopening them. So retailers are sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. I mean, I think it's human nature to kind of be loath to, to give up any sort of freedom. If you think about it, people used to be able to smoke cigarettes in grocery stores and probably department stores. Yeah. I was a little too young for that. <laughs> I know these, I know you, even in the like early 2000s, in some small towns, you can still smoke in the grocery store. It's hard to convince someone to, to give up what seems like a freedom, even though we do it all the time. I mean, you can't walk into a store without shirt or shoes or, or pants or anything else. So if you can get people to, to put on a shirt to go in a store, you should be able to get convince people to put on a mask. To... It's true. I remember hearing an interview with an older gentleman who was appalled that smoking wasn't loud at the Duke University Medical Center in North Carolina <laughs> because didn't people realize that tobacco built that hospital? Probably the uh, many of the staunchest smokers did understand why maybe the smoking wasn't allowed in the hospital. But you bring up an important point. I mean, the reason for the masks, the reason for all of this is to decrease the spread of the virus, which we ultimately need to do before retail can get back to any semblance of normality seems like the wrong word because we have no idea, you know, when things could look like. 2019 again, but to get to whatever the new normal is going to be, and the spikes in in California, and Florida, and and Texas, and and other states, they're they're risking what was already kind of a sort of cautious, tentative, you know, uncertain reopening process. And the timing is just getting dicey for retailers. I mean, we're kind of hurtling toward the back to school season, which is complicated by the virus not just because of what retailers are going through, but also because of what schools are going through. And right after back to school comes holiday. I mean, when Amazon Prime, who, by the way, Amazon doesn't run a lot of stores. They run Whole Foods, of course, but they're the e-commerce giant. For them to postpone Prime Day the way they have shows you that it's not just a brick and mortar retail situation all the the human beings and the buildings that help the supply chain and e-commerce run are running into some of the same kinds of difficulties. I think that's why retailers decided they needed to take things into their own hands because the second half of the year is a really important time for this industry. Yeah. 
we still have no idea what it's going to look like. You know, just this week, Walmart and Target, and again, everyone kind of follows Walmart's lead and follows the lead of, of the big players, but Walmart and Target both announced that they weren't going to be opening their stores for Thanksgiving. Walmart is the first time in more than 30 years. Target, the first time in um, nearly a decade. Wow. Uh, that they've been closed for closed on Thanksgiving. Again, it ties back to the pandemic. I mean, opening during Thanksgiving was already kind of bad optics for some retailers. In the middle of a pandemic, it looks even worse, potentially. I, 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 yeah, I think the least we can do at this point, especially not knowing what kind of comfort level there even will be for heading to a store, is to let retail workers have that day off, for goodness sake. But the spikes and some of the closures, it throws so much more uncertainty onto the year for retailers. They got through a protracted shutdown. I mean, sales were down 50% for some retailers, for some apparel retailers, more. I feel like in the recent quarters, down 40, 45% net sales was a pretty common consequence of the shutdown. Stores were closed. E-commerce helped. It definitely grew, but didn't come near to making up for lost sales. And that's a testament to the importance of stores, which goes back to the importance of making sure you're running a store that people can perceive as a safe and healthy place to be. I think that's for sure. But there's this other issue, which doesn't exactly make that moot, but the fact that the economy is really also rattled by this epidemic means that there's an aspect, there's a percentage of the sales that you're not going to get back because the economy isn't where it needs to be for that. If the case numbers keep increasing and we have to go into another, if not national, broad shutdown with many states ordering non-essential stores to close again, I mean, that's going to be a, a huge hit. And retailers were lucky enough to make it through the first closure period, with many of them worse off, but still chugging along. An economy and a market that was picking back up after could have another big shutdown or another white plummet in demand, if not closures, is, is, it would be tough on retailers. So you are writing a lot about another kind of a gloomier aspect of the consequences to all this, which is just the debt that retailers have had to take on, in some cases pretty expensive debt. Is there anything that we could point to that seems like maybe an opportunity in this scenario, whether in this moment or in the future, do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it's an opportunity. If you have the wherewithal, it's an opportunity to invest in your business and prepare for a future that's coming sooner than a lot of people anticipated. If we have a lot of mall closures and decreased store shopping among a large chunk of the public. I mean, it, it, the economic downturn is an opportunity for the off price and discounter. You know, there's branding opportunities for the retailers who do make, I mean, wouldn't you say, who, who do make their customers feel safe? I think that's definitely true. And a couple of people I've talked to recently have told me that loyalty is extremely fragile right now. So if there's any perception of a retailer not delivering on any given promise, consumers are ditching 
brands very easily. So that means that they're going to brands very easily too. So I think to the extent that retailers can send the message of care and safety and make sure they have the goods between the messaging and being able to deliver, maybe not in that 48 hour window that Amazon likes to promise, but keeping the lines of communication open and getting stuff to your customers when you say you will, sort of, that sounds like it could go really far as far as, you know, taking advantage of a moment when brand loyalty has really frayed. So I guess that's an opportunity for some and a problem for others. This is maybe just the flip side of a gloomy statement, but there will also be market share opportunities, maybe pick up the intellectual property of some rivals and some locations who do have to file for bankruptcy. All of this is just to sort of say that the mask policies ultimately are, are in retailers' best interests to their benefit in the long run if they can help prevent the spread of the disease, which can help get customers back into their stores at a higher level. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wear your masks and see you in the store. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and like our show wherever you get your podcasts. Take care. Bye. Thank you.